Right, it is yet another edition of What's Involved. And I got a double treat for you today because uh, initially I thought I was only going to be speaking to uh, one of uh, the two da- of the dynamic duo that I was going to speak to. Now I've got both of them uh, joining me on the line. That is, of course, Sarah Bullen and uh, Kate Emerson. Hello to you, ladies. Hi, David. Lovely to join you from Cape Town. And lovely to join you from the UK. Wonderful stuff. So... Uh, the reason we're talking to you is uh, you've just uh, released a book, uh, published a book recently called Write Your Book in 100 Days. Stop mucking about and just write your book. Um, you know, and, and I'm fascinated about that because um, I've often heard it said that uh, everybody has got at least one book in them. And for most people, they should probably leave it there. <laughs> uh. Absolutely. So this is Sarah speaking, David. Um, you know, what many people find out, and we know this because we've been working with writers. I'm a writing coach and mentor and literary agent, and Kate has been working coaching writers for many years. We do know that sometimes the process of writing a book proves that maybe it's not exactly what you do want. But other times it tends to prove that it is what you want and writing a book is a journey you want to go on in your life and just a dream you want to fulfill or something you just want to tick off the list of of things you've done and achieved. All right. Okay. Now I can buy into that. I mean, every now and again, I have these little fantasies that perhaps I should write a book and then I think, well, what am I going to write about? What do I have to say? But we'll, we'll get on to my stuff maybe a little bit later. Um, let's start off with you first, though, Sarah. Um, tell me a little bit about Sarah Bullen. Where, where does Sarah come from and how did you get into being um, this, this writing coach? So my background, really, I've been a journalist for many years, working in uh, financial, working at newspapers, worked in radio, worked on television as a journalist. And over the course of my career as a journalist, I was actually commissioned to write a book. So my first book I wrote in 2003, and that was commissioned by Penguin at the time. um, It wasn't Penguin Random House Drake. And they really, it was sort of the beginning of a bigger boom in publishing in the country. And they asked me to write a very humorous take on motherhood. So I was so lucky. I mean, you know, writers battle and struggle to get a publishing deal. And and there I was asked to write a book. So really, I mean, it was just ridiculously lucky. So I wrote my first book um, in 2003. And then in 2005, I did my second book, which was a humorous take on relationships after your baby. So what happened, David, is I had really moved a little bit away from short form writing. And short form writing is journalism. It's writing for a an audience that's reading an article in, let's call it, you know, eight minutes, if you're lucky. Um, It's delivering a powerful and concise, tight piece of writing. And I'd moved into long form, which is writing a book, which is a big thing and a long thing and a complicated thing. So in doing that, I started really to work with writers. I started editing books. I started coaching writers. Um, and I developed some courses and mentorships that I've now been running for 15 years. And really just a love of books, a love of stories, a love of working on novels, a love of working with writers on exciting stories. And that really just developed and developed until my full-time job is as a writing mentor. 
Um, and I've been very lucky in having worked all over the world um, with writers, you know, because we live in, as we're all discovering now, we live in a digital world where we can connect with anybody. So it's been ex very exciting working with uh, writers all over the world over the last 10 to 15 years on their books. Um, and then, you know, one of my key things that I really love to do is to mentor writers. So the book we are actually, Kate and I wrote together because we work together a lot and we'll talk about that which is an evolution really of working with so many writers to get their books out there. Um, and we, and are the mentorships we run. And we've just learned a few things over the years. We've really learned a few things on what it takes to write a book, what makes a good book, what makes a book publishable, you know, how you actually write it, the actual nuts and bolts of sitting down and writing the book. Um, so we decided to pour all of that into what is my actually 10th book. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a little bit. And Kate's fifth book. So we put this into the book in the hope of sharing a lot of the things we've learned over the years with writers who really have that dream to write, to get their story out there. Um, and this book is very particularly, David, for authors who want to write a nonfiction memoir. So that is really a book either about their own lives or about their professional expertise or about something that's factual. Um, and this really is honing in on that particular genre of book which is highly readable um highly publishable and you know a really great way to share your knowledge or love or story of the world i must say i mean i've i've, I've been through the book um it terrifies me uh, it's exceptionally well written and you literally do cover all the bases the reason it terrifies me is then you know if i if i actually acknowledge that i've taken any of this in it means i'm going to probably be obliged to give it a bash. So uh, we'll just stick with it terrifies me at the moment. Uh, let's move on to you, uh, Kate. Tell us a little bit about Kate and, and where do you come from? Because you're a bit of a, do we call you a digital nomad or a global nomad? Yeah, we can call me that now. Um, so my motto is live light, live large. Um, but I'll go back a little bit. So in 2003, I qualified as a master life coach in the UK because at the time there weren't actually qualifications in South Africa. So I then came back to South Africa and started this business, not really knowing anything about what I was doing, although I had been an entrepreneur all my life with my first business at 25 in the health and wellness industry. And life coaching was sort of a natural transition from that for me. And because coaching was such a new, um, it was like this unknown in South Africa and the world. I was very blessed, David, because I was pretty much invited as an expert in every uh, magazine, every newspaper, TV. I was really like one of the sweethearts of the time because there weren't many people talking about it. So I found myself writing articles or giving my supposed expert opinion because it was such an interesting, fascinating and new world that people needed and wanted to know about. And because I had been an entrepreneur all my life, I had never wanted to be a corporate coach. Uh, so I mostly coached entrepreneurs, predominantly women. And what I found was that I had never personally had a dream to write a book. I had been journaling since I was a wee lass of 13 years old, but not a writer per se. But what I found happening was that the more I started writing, the more I realized I could write, but I loved writing. And I did have something to say, and I'm a little cheeky, and I got a bit of chutzpah. And so what I 
also realized is that so many of my clients were paying for coaching out of their own pocket. And of course, that's got a, you know, an impact on their own income and their bottom line. So I started thinking about how could I leverage my expertise and my ideas into a more affordable format. And so back in 2000, within my first year, end of 2004, I started creating online courses. I didn't even know they were online courses at the time because that digital world was completely new and it was quite like a maverick type of energy. Um, and I'm talking about those days when, uh, reminding me of meetings, I'm talking about those days when there were no such things as autoresponders. You couldn't just add someone into a newsletter and magically things went off to their email address. I wrote these courses and I was basically offering them at almost a fifth of the price of coaching. And I would systematically take people through coaching processes, either one of my expertises is to declutter your life. So I would help them spring clean your life or how to get your groove back or ignite your life. And these courses were sold as one of my life coaching products. And then only seven years ago, back in 2013, I thought, wouldn't it be nice to see if I have a little more credibility? And I thought it would be wonderful to publish a book so that someone else might be able to say, actually, hey, kiddo, you kind of know what you're doing. So I didn't want to self-publish my first book. And I, like Sarah said, she was so lucky to get commissioned. I actually was picked up by the first publisher I approached um, and launched my first book back in 2013. And it became a bestseller in South Africa. And then the bug had bitten. And the way Sarah and I started writing together was that when I was penning my second book, I was on a very tight deadline. And I literally put out a post on Facebook People were used to me running mastermind groups. And I said, hey, guys, I'm about to write my second book. Who wants to do this process with me? And really, I didn't know anything about structuring and, and the, the real nuggets of book writing. And I pulled Sarah in and I said, hey, I need your help. Will you come and teach everybody about book structures? And she gave everyone a session. And at the end of that, we said, well, that was so fun. Can we do this a little better, a little deeper, a little, you know, uh, like in another way. And so our work together was born, I think, five or six years ago. And we've been having heaps of fun changing people's lives, helping others write their books ever since. This, this is wonderful. And, and, and I mean, as I'm, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm just I'm paging through this book again. And I'm, I'm just I'm marveling at how well. And I think that's the bit that terrifies me is how well it's been put out, because that is always when I've thought about, you know, maybe I want to do this because, you know, we do um, in, in, in my other side of my life, um, I do a lot of training as well, uh, communication training, sales training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as you know, everybody goes, well, you have to have a book if you're needed, if you want to be seen as an expert. And then I've thought about it and I've gone, now I don't know how to write a book. Now, now you've, gone, sort of, you've given everybody a roadmap, which I think is grossly unfair. <laughs> um, but well done, guys. I, I, I mean, I've got to be honest. It's it's brilliantly written and it's not a hard read. I thought initially, oh, this is going to be a bit of a pain to wade through, but it's not. And, and and now talking to you, I mean, your personality certainly do do come out in the book. How long did it take you, um, Sarah, to put this book together? Okay, now, well, David, that's a little bit of a funny story. And we... This is actually quite hilarious. Kate and I decided that we had been walking so many writers through this process 
that we were going to actually put it together in a book. And we just felt like we just actually wanted to have a little bit of fun. We talk all the time about it. We do so many international seminars. We coach so many people. And we thought, let's walk our talk. You know, we're telling everybody all the time, stop mucking about, write a book. We're going to write this book. So Kate flew to Cape Town. Okay, Kate, you actually tell this a little bit better than I, but you can butt in. We decided we were going to literally write our book in five days. So it started with a little high-level strategy session. What is this book about? And that's really how all books start. Like books begin with the question in your head, not what do I want to tell, but what is a reader looking for? A reader who is picking up this book, they're choosing this book off the shelf. What do they want out of it? So we're stepping out of our ego. This is what I want to share. I know so much. And we're asking ourselves, what does a reader want? They want, they're buying this because they want to write a book. How best can we deliver that process to a reader? Right. So that's the beginning of all book writing, high level What's the reader looking for? We got that down. We kind of knew us. We knew how to do this. And Kate flew to Cape Town and arrived here. And we started the process of writing this book. Now, we did this in five days, our first draft. Now, that is not what anybody else can achieve. And we do say to people, you're going to take a minimum of four months. But uh, we were compiling this book more than writing it because we have been teaching these online courses and mentorships. So we had a lot of written stuff. So really the process was, David, all of our expertise, all of our notes, and I'm sure so many people out there who are professionals in their field, you've got a lot of this written down already. You've got workbooks you've delivered or talks you've delivered. So we sat down and we took all of this massive writing we already had quite a well thought out process and we put it in one document and that's where I'm going to butt in (laughs) 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 because David one of the hardest things it's not just the knowledge and the wisdom and the ideas that you've got and maybe readers want to read this body of work it's actually about managing yourself as a writer that's the biggest challenge so in those five days we also decided to make a whole bunch of fun videos and we did some Facebook lives because it's also heaps and heaps I was going to swear of bum time is what we call it and you've actually got to walk yourself over to your chair sit down glue yourself to your chair glue your hands to your computer Sarah and I are very different in how we work she prefers Excel spreadsheets I often prefer mind mapping and we had to put our two energies together and one of the hardest things was to stop Sarah cooking eggs or for me to paint my nails or to actually go, we need to go out shopping and get food and actually just to manage ourselves in the process of writing the book. Because it requires you to dig really deep from a almost like your personality level, your ego level, your I actually can do this. I can sit down. I can stop mucking about. So we actually had to pin ourselves down um, and also remember to have some fun. So at the end of the day, we would pour a glass of wine, turn on the TV, have a big laugh, try and get the best night's sleep and wake up and do it all over again. Because we always say it's not necessarily about how talented you are as a writer. It's that you've got the tenacity and the determination to sit down and do it. And I think one of our biggest challenges was actually I had five days and I had an Uber booked and I had a flight going up to Joburg to see my partner. And we knew that the tighter we got to that deadline, the faster and more furiously we worked because we'd also put ourselves on the line by telling our community we're doing this. So we had people watching us. So accountability is the other massive part about writing a book because writers, it's too easy for them to let themselves off 
the hook. And that's one of the things that we do is we hold you to your own promise. And we had to do that because we had our community watching us as well. Okay, well, th- this sounds this sounds fantastic. And when we come back, um, I'm going I'm going to ask uh, another question, and I'm going to throw it open to to either Sarah or Kate, because um, a little bird told me that during those five days of writing, when you when you mentioned that you had some fun, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that when we come back. It is what's involved. Uh, my special guests at the moment are Sarah Bullen and Kate Emerson. We're talking about their book, Write Your Book in 100 Days, Stop Mucking About and Just Write Your Book. Right, we're back. Okay, ladies. So this, uh, as I said, a little birdie mentioned something about fun. uh, And uh, you skipped over some of that when you were talking about your five days. Do you want to, you know, drop a couple of pearls of wisdom there about the fun aspect? I will start. And, you know, (laughs) Dave... A lot of the time, writing is not a fun process, and that can take you by surprise because you have these very exciting ideas about writing a book and it's going to be so brilliant. Writing is a job of sitting on your bum alone with a computer, right? So we have to mix up, and writers really get into this place where we can get very stuck in a slump. You know, when you're actually writing a first draft and you're working for four months or six months or eight months, um, Jeffrey Deaver takes um, eight months just to plan and plot his book, write the outline, you know, you can really go a little bit moggy. So um, we really had to work in like very specific times where we broke away, had a laugh, um, did some exercise, and just reminded ourselves that this wasn't life or death. You know, we were doing this because we had a choice. We wanted to write a book. It was going to be a light and fun process. And laughing. And we do do that quite well, don't we, Kate? We have a lot of giggles. Yeah, so I'll tell you the egg story. So I think it was our second morning. So first day was getting back into the structure because we'd done sort of the the proposal a year before. So getting back into the structure, what on earth are we doing? Oh no, God, what we were, we were mad. And I, I think the first day was quite sort of a mind shock for both of us. And second day, we're like, okay, we're really getting into this. And we'd set up our computer side by side. We had a whiteboard. We had water always. We had already three cups of coffee probably in us. And I'm sitting at my computer with my back to Sarah's kitchen because we were in Hot Bay. And I'm I'm at my computer and I hear this noise behind me (laughs) and I've got the video on because I'm saying to everybody, okay, here we are live. We're in Sarah's home. We're on day two. We're going at it. This is what we're going to do. We'll check in later. And I hear clunk, clunk, clunk behind me and I turn around live and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And there is Mrs. Bullen frying eggs. Now, Breakfast wasn't on our radar yet, but there she is on an eating frenzy. And she just arrives, ta-da, in the mm. shot. And there she's got like three fried eggs on toast. Maybe no toast. Maybe it was ever. I can't remember that. But, And then we sit down and it is just those crazy things because we're all different how we need to get our energy and how we procrastinate. And often writers go on an eating frenzy when they're writing or a drinking frenzy. So mine is always coffee. Yes, come on, more coffee. And it's just, you know, we also are great 
friends and we just we are we are silly together and we laugh together and then we'd put on loud music and dance and do silly Jane Fonda moves and then we would also take time apart so Sarah would go off to yoga or CrossFit and I would go stomping up uh, Chapman's Peak to try and get some energy going um, we were also busy training to get fit for a writing retreat in Spain so yeah well, you have to maintain a really big sense of humor and a dose of reality and just not take it all so seriously because i gotta say when i when i heard about this and and i have heard from a couple of people that the two of you together it's, it's just it's like you walk into the middle of a hurricane because you've got so much energy and you're bubbling and and buzzing all the time um the fact that you got to write this in five days is, is unbelievable but i understand when you say why you've done that um, it's now it's now been released and uh, it's almost time I believe uh, Kate you've got to go to um, another another call now so we're going to be saying about you but before we we go Kate um, and we, before we let you go and then I'll continue chatting to to Sarah um, you've written the book you're involved in it the book is out um, we were getting ready for the big launch we were going to have you guys in studio with us and then coronavirus happened and everybody got shut down. Um, where, where, what are you busy with now? Where to next, uh, Kate? So what we did was obviously we had to just postpone and just pause all of our plans. We also were about to shoot a digital course to go with the book. So that's all just on pause for now. We also have tried to be super respectful and mindful of what's going on in the world. And while right now is a fantastic time to write, we also didn't want to go hard hitting into sales mode. So we have just carried on like we do, working with our writers. We have online mentorships. We have online groups looking after our writers. We're in the process of a 21-day challenge. So just doing the work that we do, coaching people through their own writing process. Um, I'm busy editing another book of my own. You know, and life also carries on when you are writing and running a family and running a business and doing whatever it is that everybody needs to do at this time. So we know that we'll be able to come back out and do another launch, you know, when the time is appropriate. And for now, we, yeah, I just head down and we keep on working, David. Fantastic. Kate, if somebody wants to get hold of you, the website, the best way to do that? It's kate-emerson.com, and that's two M's in my surname. There we go. Kate, thank you so much uh, for, for, for stopping in and dropping in and, and having a chat with us. Uh, I really do appreciate it. We wish you all the best. Fantastic. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Cheers. Well, there we go. So so Kate's on her way. She's she's busy. And, you know, you often think uh, you know, during this period of time, at least you go, oh, well, maybe people ha aren't that busy. But there are certain people who are very busy. So I'm very appreciative uh, of the time. Um, Sarah, we still got got you with us. So um, you wrote the book in five days. Um, is this literally a book um, that if I'm an executive somewhere, maybe I do, like I've said to you, maybe I do sales training. Can I pick up this book and literally follow it cover to cover? And will I have something at the end of that? Mm. So, David, I want to, when I, when I finish chatting about actually the process, I just want to clarify that we may have initially said we are writing it in five days. And a little bit later, I'll tell you how long it actually took us and really where the magic in the book comes in. But if you have a book in your heart or you really, as you said, you want to somehow have a business card, a calling card, you know, you're a professional speaker or maybe you're a life coach and you actually really don't know where to start. And that's the problem 
most people have, David, is they don't know how to start a book. And when I say start, I most often break that down into they don't know how to structure a book. They don't know how to take this mass of thoughts that are in their head, all this thing, these things you've learned, all this expertise, all these stories you may want to tell, all of your client nuggets. How do you actually take that swirling large mass of information and drive it into a linear process, which is what a book is, because a book is read from cover to cover. So the beginning point of all books and the beginning point of our book is starting to ask the right questions to allow you as the writer to come up with what your book really is and how will this play out for the reader. And really, we're talking about what is your title, what is the genre, and how will your chapter outline or your table of contents really look, and how will you put your information in the right place? Um, so you can. So the the book is actually a workbook. It starts with task one. It walks you very systematically through all the things you need to think about things you've got to write and questions you've got to answer, which is coming, maybe it's in, I think it's in the second week, asking yourself why you're an expert. Because to write a book on a level, you have to own a level of expertise about something. And it's really asking you as the author to find that and not just think it, because that's a problem, of course, we have. is A lot of people who have the dream of a book spend a lot of time thinking thinking, thinking about the book, should I write a book, what could the book be? The aim of my coaching and my you know, works, workshops in this book is to try and show you that writing is not thinking. Writing is a physical action. It is actually something you're doing with your fingers. So I'm trying continually, Kate and I, to get you out of that thinking about your book to driving that into words or copy and pushing you continually to do what we call drive up your word count. Um, and that is a step-by-step -step process where you're putting words on paper and slowly, systematically, you're building a book. Which, which is fantastic. And, and you know, one, one of the things that I noticed, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've chatted to or if you know Matt Brown. Uh, he runs the Matt Brown Show and he's just, I think he's last year, he, he, he wrote his own book called Your Inner Game, I believe. And when I chatted to him about writing the book, he said his biggest challenge was this imposter syndrome. Um, and I wonder if, if, if that is something that is common, because for me, every time I think maybe I should write a book, maybe there is a book in me that needs to come out. Then this imposter kicks in and goes, really, really? Do you think anybody's going to care about a book? Yeah, uh, I think all writers have that. I think, you know, anybody who puts themselves out there in the world, you know, and a book is, is that, you know, whenever you commit something to paper or show or you put yourself in the public domain, you really are hanging out your life for other people to look at. And I think that always creates doubt. But, you know, David, there's just so many reasons that it's really valuable to share your story and share your life um, with the public. Um, and, you know, you've got to find out what is that calling within you. You know, some people want to write it for their family. A lot of our authors who come on our retreats or work with us, they just want to share a memoir, you know, with their, so their family know who they were and where they came from. Um, other people want, they have a story to tell, you know, and, I always say, you know, there is a massive appetite for books. There's a reason that 
book there are bookshops packed with books that Amazon. I mean, you're sure Jeff Bezos is 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 coining it during um during this coronavirus lockdown because people, all readers want to step out of their ordinary lives and step into somebody else's for a little bit. And that's why we pick up books. Um, we pick up books as a reader because we want to be entertained. So there's two reasons most people buy a book. The one is to be entertained and the other is to be informed. So there's a huge demand for this. So your story, when you're choosing to write your story and put it out there, is not unique. There's lots of other stories. It doesn't matter if it's an addiction story, if it's a abuse story, if it's a success story, if it's a sports story. There's other people who've written books about that. Um, but the calling of a writer is to somehow document the, their time and bring their voice and bring their edge and bring their take on what really is an age-old tale. Um so we have rules that we always ask writers to follow. So when they start the book, I've got Sarah's rules of writing your first draft. And one of those rules, David, is an absolute undertaking that during the writing process, you're not going to read any similar books because that's where it starts, you know. But this guy, oh, this guy's story is much bigger than mine. They had a worse time. They handled it so much better. His tone is so much funnier than mine. He explains this or she explains this better than I could. So so dealing with imposter syndrome is also just limiting the other. Don't look at other stories. Your story is unique and you need to tell it in your way for this generation, for these readers and for your future. I think that's that's uh, that's that's a fantastic um, a, a way of looking at things. Um, we are. Uh, this is, we are, this is, you see, it's getting to me. English is actually my first language, believe it or not. Uh, this is what's involved. Uh, my special guest, uh, we've had uh, Kate Emerson on the line with us. Uh, she had to pop off due to prior commitments. Uh, Sarah's still with us. And uh, we were talking about their book, Write Your Book in 100 Days. Stop mucking about and just write your book. Um, we'll find out more from Sarah when we come back. Right, we are back. It is what's involved. Thank you uh, for listening in. I hope you're enjoying it so far. The whole concept of writing a book to me is is absolutely fascinating. Um, I am a voracious reader. I love reading. And, you know, in, in part of what we're, do, we're doing in, in our training, in our communication training, in our sales training, is we're talking about storytelling, story selling, the art of the story. And, you know, that is something... You know, that is it's very primal to all, all of us. And I'm sure you'd agree, Sarah, um, because, you know, it goes back to, to ancient, ancient days. And we love a good story, don't we? Yes, we do. We absolutely do. You know, storytelling is and it started with uh, with oral storytelling. You know, stories are what hold us together. Stories are what show us the way. Um, and for centuries, humans have told each other stories. And as at moments that are important, when sometimes advice isn't what's required, there are stories that merge art and creativity and magical creatures that sometimes show us uh, an answer that we can't really get in society, that they blend the magic with the actual process of life. And that is why we are just so captivated by them, you know, and 
there is just a, a beautiful, beautiful opening in society for any story. You know, I'm a, a literary agent, which basically means, David, I sell books to publishers on the behalf of writers. And I want to tell you that all publishers know and all booksellers know that human beings love stories and they're looking for them. Um, you know, I just remember that when Harry Potter came out, the, you know, the, that 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 unbelievable, exciting magic that came with these kind of stories. So there's so many different stories and humans are seeking them and searching for them and captivated by them. Um, and, you know, storytelling since time began has really followed the pattern of the hero's journey because in a story, we are always following a hero on the road to redemption. Um, and when you start to become a writer, a lot of the process of writing is to start to break down how stories work. Um, you know, this wonderful dream of I want to write a story. And my first love, of course, are novels. Um, and we start really when you start to write a book. Um, you start to break down how does the story work? What are this? What are the elements that are making? this particular novel work and to try and unpack that and what is a hero's journey why must my character be a hero why is that so important why if it's a story about my life why am I a hero and how does that arc that story arc play out um and you know, there's just, um, it's just a magical world, really, isn't it? Where you can open the covers of a book and disappear into somebody else's life for 10 hours or 18 hours or however long it takes you to work your way through the 80,000 words of a full-length novel as reader. It, it is it is one of those things, and I think it's one of the greatest joys, and I've, I've used um, um, reading uh, as an escape many, many times. And you're right, sometimes... I read purely for the enjoyment, for the entertainment, and yeah, for the escapism. And other times, I, if I want to learn something, where we sort of, you know, the youngsters of today generally would turn to the internet. Um, I would turn to books, um, and and I reluctantly a couple of years ago bought a Kindle because I loved, you know, books. I loved the smell and the feel of books, and I was just one of those radical only books, only paperback and hardcover books. I love my Kindle now because I can take. 50 books with me wherever I go. Um, and and this this book of yours, uh, Write Your Book in 100 Days, is available on Amazon, isn't it? It is on Amazon, yeah. Of course, because we've had this lockdown, it's not actually in bookshops at the moment, and it will be. But um, we've actually had wonderful um, success already with our writers um, downloading it and working through it already because it is so practical. Um, so it's on Amazon, and you just look, search for Write Your Book in 100 Days or... I suppose you just search for it. Um, and and really, you know, what you mentioned um, there, David, about you shifting to a search for information is also reflecting the bigger reading trends that we've noticed over the last decade, where, you know, novels have always outstripped nonfiction in sales. And in the last five years, that has started to swing, where nonfiction sales are starting to overtake novel sales, which is quite an interesting trend in the publishing world. Um, wow. 
over the decade, when we analyze the whole decade, so that's 20, the, you know, the, the up to 2020, novels have still outstripped um, 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 nonfiction books, but that will change, and it did change significantly in the last five years. So, okay. and I, I tease this out, and I just mentioned that, because one of my my strongest pieces of advice to somebody who has a book in their heart or who, who wants to write a book is look at the trends. Start to become aware of what kind of books are being published. Like, what is the contemporary market looking for? Um, and start to ask, how could you and your book fit into this, you know, modern publishing world right now? Where trends like young adult, new adult novels are rising and rising. Middle grade fiction is one of our biggest growing um, genres at the moment. Memoirs are still huge with this emphasis on uh, celebrity memoirs, of course. They are always snapped up. But also, you know, ordinary life memoirs are highly publishable. Um, and another trend, which I have just spoken about, actually, at a talk I did to writers, is that when we think about writing a book, again, just go into the bookshops. Look at those books that are highlighted, bestsellers. People are buying these books. And one trend, Kate and I were actually in London together, and we went to Piccadilly Circus, Waterstone Books, five floors of books just sitting there. I mean, it was oh. so exciting. It's it's a book lover's dream. I was in heaven. <laughs> and one thing I noticed that really, and you can always tell the trends in these big bookshops because they tease them out. And the trend that I was noticing that people are buying is something called smart thinking. Smart thinking books. So if you're thinking of writing a book, look at that genre. Go, you know, these are your Mark Mansons, the subtle art of not giving a bleep. We won't swear on air. Um, they're your um, Tim Ferriss's, these kind of clever idea books, challenging the status quo, challenging thought processes, having a disruptive idea in the marketplace. Um, and these are current books that are great. So if you want to write and you want to get published, it's a double whammy of having a great story and also knowing what the market's looking for. And then, you know, you've got a fighting chance. Yeah, and I, and I mean, you know, particularly with us, um, where we are now across the world, I, I read the other day that uh, half of the world's population is in some form of lockdown now. None of us know what is coming. So I think this quest for knowledge and like, okay, how do I prepare myself? What do I do? What do I do? These would be, and I mean, I know that I've been doing that. I've been going, okay, what is it going to look like? Is there a futurist who's written a book? Is there somebody, you know, what, what can I do? How can I prepare myself and everything? And I think books are, are the perfect way to do it. Now, just to, to talk a, a bit more about your book, just before we uh, we let you go, because I realize you've probably also got a lot to do. Um, you claim, okay, that this is this is a challenge, writing your book in 100 days, okay? Um, but you say by the end of the workbook, if I finish this workbook and I work through it diligently, I will have completed the first draft of my book. I will have mapped out a second draft. I will have written, and uh, to quote you guys, a kick-ass pitch deck ready to submit to publishers and crafted an achievable plan for your author brand. This is This sounds like... A lot of work but now when I've done all of this then what mm. 
So that comes back finally to the question actually of, did it actually take us five days? And will this take you a hundred days? Yes, it will. Yes, yes. You can get to the place of writing what we really call the first draft. Now, the first draft of a book is not that thing that's going to sit on the shelves. The first draft is the beginning of the process. When we finished our five days, we went into what we have, what was an editing process. And in our editing process between ourselves, so Kate and I are both, I mean, I'm a professional editor. She's written five books. Doesn't matter. We still called in the experts. We sent our book to an editor. The editor sent it back. We sent it back. And every time we went through these revision cycles, we really improved our book. And I would say, honestly, David, that at the end of the day, it took us another four months of toing and froing to actually look at the product and go, damn, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of proud of this. I can, I can, I can get behind this. So this, a book is a series of many steps to get a book from an idea in your heart to a finished product standing on the shelf. I will tell you straight up, it's never going to happen in under a year unless you're going to, you know, it's been commissioned. It's Jake White. You've won the Rugby World Cup they, and Penguin are rushing your book out and they want it delivered in two months. It's the process and the beauty of a book is that it's a big thing. It's a big thing. It takes you time. It takes effort. It takes energy. So not only you first write your book, then you do your next draft, which is a bit better. Then you do the third. Then you do the fourth. And every time you make it better. Parallel to all of that, you're building your pitch deck. And the pitch deck is that thing you send to somebody like me, who's a literary agent, or you send it to a publisher. And the pitch deck goes like this. This is my book idea. This is who I am. I'm totally qualified to write this book because this is what I do. And here's a little bit of a sample of my book. So by the time you get to the end of all your edits, you've got in hand a book proposal that you can send to a publisher and an agent. You've got a really solid workable version of your book. And hopefully, if you followed our book or our advice, you've also built an author brand. And that's very important, David, in this day and age, that writers are getting published. People publishers are looking at are people who have a following. It doesn't matter necessarily how big or how small, but they're people who somehow have built a little following around them. Um, Rachel Hollis is one of the bestsellers on the Amazon bestseller chart for the last year. Um, and she, you know, her first book is Girl, Wash Your Face. Her second one, Girl, Stop Apologizing. And she is a lifestyle blogger. Um, and these are the kind of writers who've developed a little brand, a little following um, that author, that publishers and agents are wanting to pick up because they have a really a built-in sales function where we understand you're going to sell your own books. And that's very important as well. Well, I mean, I, what, what struck me is, you know, um, and is, is you've got in your book as well, um, at the back there, there's a section of what some of your writers say. Now, um, I never realized that he'd attended uh, your course. There's two people, in fact, uh, Brad Shawkin, um, mm. because I chatted to Brad a couple of months ago, and I've, I've chatted to him on and off uh, uh, during the, the, the years. Um, and, you know, his, his book is, uh, what we are human, we are still human, I think, and work shouldn't suck. Um, and he's given you guys a, a beautiful write-up in the book. And then also, um, some 
somebody I didn't realize had uh, written a book at all. Um, and it's uh, Di Atherton. Now, now, Di Atherton and I go back many, many years, um, and I knew her husband, John, very well. Um, and just to see that, that she's also written a book and, and, and gone through your course, I think that speaks volumes. And, you know, this is this this gives me hope. And then, of course, uh, the addendum at the back of the book is uh, very interesting to me. I love going through that and going, okay, all right. And then it's spurred on so many ideas. So, as I said, initially, I'm terrified about writing a book. I'm, I might have a book in me. Looking through the addendum, I suddenly felt I might want to write 10 books. Um, but now... Sarah, if people want to talk to you, are you open to people talking to you? Um, you know, now we've, we've gotten the book, now what? Or, you know, maybe I need a bit more help. What's what's the best way to talk to Sarah then? Yeah, so my, my role really, and it has been for many years, is to support writers to get published. I mean, that's my business. That's my passion. Um, if I can, and it's a great book, I'm going to try and sell it to you to, for a publisher. So... There's many ways, you know, the best way to get hold of me is through my website, which is thewritingroom.co.za. And you will find that because Kate and I have run mentorships and we work, we really support writers and we really do it for a long time. We have a lot of mechanisms. I have a writer's author support group on Facebook in which you join when you bought the book. And we have authors of all stages there. They ask questions. They have direct access to me. We organize you a beta reader if you need, which is we get you manuscript appraisals. We can, we will support you through the publishing process. Um, so so the best way is always just to go to my website, thewritingroom.co.za, and there, you'll see through that all the ways in which you can connect with me. I do sessions with writers. I do sessions with publishers. Um, we have a series of calls and informative lectures we do, and also just one-on-one -on -one work. You know, it's just such a great job talking about stories all day and, um, you know, working with people whose passion is words, because that's my passion, um, and and working in the world of literary stuff. I mean, what what a treat. <laughs> Fantastic. Sarah, thank you so much uh, for chatting to us. And of course, uh, Kate as well joined us earlier on there. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can get hold of Sarah at thewritingroom.co.za. She'll be happy to chat to you. The book is available on Amazon right now. Write your book in 100 days. Stop mucking about and just write your book. Uh, if you believe you've got a story in you, I think you should go out and get it. It's a brilliant book. Um, and, and, and it's made me do a lot of thinking. And those are the kind of books I love. Sarah, thank you so much for taking time out and having a chat to us. Thanks, David.